0: Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth so ultimately secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me and let's get into this next show.
1: So today I have a very special guest with me, uh, Dominic from Crypt. Welcome buddy.
0: Thanks, man. Only my mum calls me
1: special, but I'm glad to be on here. (laughs) You are special for my viewers because we're talking about all things property today. Okay. Excited? Absolutely. Awesome. So um, I wanted to probably give some background into what's happening in the market and talk about property and finance and and talk through some of the things that you should be looking at when you're going for a pre-approval and looking for properties and, and also talking about sentiment about what's happening and uh, what to look out for as well. So let's kick things off. First things first, um, in the recent past, let's say after the elections, we've seen an increase in demand and sentiment and confidence come back into the market. But from your vantage point, what are you seeing in the market right now?
0: You're right. So for the, for the past couple of months, we've seen a change in sentiment. So that's people's opinions of the market, uh, both from a... And seller side, it feels like there's a bit more coming and people are a bit more happy about what's happening and they're a bit more optimistic. Mm. Um, but only recently has there been an upward trend in the stats. Yeah. Uh, it was, I think CoreLogic stated just the other day, they've come out and said, well, actually, the markets have come back a little bit, but I don't think that, you know, we want to come out and say the market's going to start roaring and booming back. Um, We're going to see, you know, the market does these little blips and changes. It has come off a really low base and it is starting to come back up. We're seeing inquiry come back into the market. Clearance rates are up at sort of 79, 78, 80%. Um, Stock levels aren't quite where they used to be Mm. a year ago. Yes. for those that aren't familiar with clearance rates, that's basically when people go put their property up for auction, the percentage chance that they're going to sell it. The same time last year was about 54 odd percent. Now it's about 80 percent, so it's much better. But um, there's also a lot less property on the market because people are thinking that they're not gonna get as high a price as they did. Um, but recently we've seen about a one or 2% increase in the primary market. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is good news I think.
1: Yeah, and why is the clearance rate important?
0: Clearance rate is important because it gives you an idea on people's wanting to jump in and buy property. Mm. If, if the clearance rate is 80%, it stimulates the market by people being more inclined to say, well, hey, it's feeling good. If I put my property up for sale, there's an 80% chance I'm going to sell it, yep. which will stimulate further people to put their properties up for sale. Um and it just means you're going to see more movement in the market. Real estate has a, will have a bit more of an upward swing. Yeah. Um and you know it's it's the fact that the market has come back so far probably means that that's the reason why the clearance rates are high. Yeah. People are out there looking and shopping for some deals. Yeah. There have been some people under stress and now they're willing to sell their properties at a more realistic price.
1: Yeah, and I think that you're right because You know, from our vantage point, uh, coming from finance, right, so we could see a lot of people coming through with inquiries, getting their pre-approvals, stacking up all their ducks so that they can actually go out out and purchase a property as well. So I think there is a sentiment that there is confidence in the market, but I think, in in your opinion, would this now be a seller's market or a buyer's market?
0: Ooh. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Based on the stats, the fact that it's an 80% clearance rate, um, you'd say that it is a seller's market because yep. people are stepping forward and people are buying it. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, I would still say it is a buyer's market because there are so many good opportunities hmm. out there. Uh, you've got interest rates are so low. Yeah. It's Absolutely. easier for you to go and get finance. I mean, you can tell us all about that, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, and there are a number of good opportunities out there. Yeah, um, I think people have been waiting for the price discount for a long time. Yeah, we sent a 10, 15, 20% discount in many markets. Yeah, So the fact that there is credit easing, you can't afford to go buy something. And we've had a discount recently. It's kind of sale period.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how yeah. I see it. Good. And talk through opportunity. So if, I, if I'm buying the market right now and I'm looking for a property, um, what should I be looking for?
0: If we, if you're talking about investment property,
1: okay, let's talk about investor first.
0: Let's just start about start with investors. Yep. Um, it really depends on your risk appetite, what you're trying to achieve. Um, I think that. For taxation purposes, you never go buy something purely for tax purposes. Let's mm-hmm. just start with that. Okay. But if you're looking for an investment property and you're looking to go um, buy in a high growth market, you're picking something that's got some good infrastructure, the, yeah. maybe the metro, you're following the airport, or um, you can see the M4, M5 link road. You're, you're happy with the infrastructure, the, the hospitals, all that kind of amenities there. Um, I think it does make sense to go buy something that might be brand new because you get some really good tax incentives. Yep. If you're on a higher income, you're earning $150,000 a year, you're paying sort of 40% out to the tax man. Yep. And it's a really good tax efficient way for you to um, you know, manage your taxes, get a good healthy refund back. But then also if you're picking in a good strong performing market, you're going to get the growth. And the fact that you are getting that cash flow back means that it's going to sort of stabilize you over the longer term because you get all the depreciation and yeah. the negative gearing and all that kind of stuff. And it can swing you back to positive.
1: Yeah. I think another question that kind of comes up quite regularly recently is the uh, issue with the dodgy builders, right? Yeah. So I know I'm putting you in the spot right now, but you know, in, in your case, from Cribs perspective, you guys have a lot of developers that you, you work with and builders, uh, where, where do you stand? And how do you, how do you avoid those dodgy builders?
0: Yeah. Well, let's just start with um, there are a lot of de- properties that have been developed recently. Yep. Over the past five years, hundreds of thousands of properties that have come out of the ground. Yeah, We're hearing the story of a few that have gone wrong. Yeah, um, You'd argue that the ones that have gone wrong are uh, wrong, uh, people that are new entrants to the market. I don't know the backstory of all the situations where things have gone wrong. I, I have been aware of you know, your mascot and... <laughs> Um, Opal Tower and a few other bigger players, but I feel like when there was this urgency in the market, there were a lot of new young entrants um, that were moving into the different respective fields, where there were builders, quantity surveyors, you know, um, the consultants. There was all these people coming into the building market that were in a rush to also to, to develop and get these things out of the ground. Yeah. Now, haste equals waste. When people are running in trying to get things done, cut corners, you're going to encounter some problems, but if you look at the wider market, the good players are still excellent. Mm. They've got big balance sheets. They've got developments that are running over 5, 10 years. Your, your biggest people like Pace and um, Mervac and you know the larger players, your Sunland groups, they've got these huge balance sheets. They've been doing it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, they're more likely to develop higher quality stock, and buildings and units because they're judged by their last development. Yeah. So what I say to people that are looking to go buy new is make sure you're buying off the back of someone else's reputation where they have a lot to lose if they screw up because they're more likely to come back and fix any issues as well.
1: Yeah, and, and do you think uh, the way the Opal Towers were handled is a, sen- is a testament to that? Because you can see they've been looked after, they've been paid their rent.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean... <laughs> I don't want to comment too much on that because I might get in trouble. I might piss the wrong people off. <laughs> some people are going to be happy. Some people are going to be annoyed. So, yeah. um, look, I think you're right. Um, you can only commend a developer or a builder to put their best foot forward if there is an issue that they come forward and do the best that they can to rem- to, to fix remediate, the issues. Yeah, yeah remediate it. Um, people, that's why I'd probably stay away from the, the smaller groups because if a problem happens, they'll just shut up that company, leave it, and then you just you never see him again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Question for you in terms of, so let's say I'm an investor, I have a pre-approval, want to buy a property. Uh, I have an option between a, let's say off the plan, Mm. um, let's say an apartment or a a detached dwelling. Yep. Um, Your preference and why?
0: I own primary market stuff, apartments, you know, commercial stuff. I I like to have a a bit of everything. So all the properties, new properties, whatever. I Mm -hmm. think you need to have a balanced portfolio It makes sense to have something in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, um, you know, being all the major, the the capital cities if you can, um, and to have a good healthy balanced portfolio. Depending on what your financial circumstances are, if you need to have higher income or higher cash flow, Mm. generally speaking apartments give you a higher yield. So that means you're gonna get more rent relative to how much you've actually um, purchased a property for. Secondhand property or the primary market stuff is good because you can engineer a lot of equity or growth in the property by doing your kitchen renovations and all the bits and pieces. But that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of energy. And unless you are a professional, you understand that space. I think for your first one or two investments, pick something that's lower risk. Go and get something that's gonna be a higher quality property. Mm-hmm. Um, newer stuff tends to have attract better quality tenants because you might have a beautiful vista or amazing apartment design. You've got all the right appliances and a new kitchen. Yeah. My girlfriend won't touch anything unless it's got an amazing brand new kitchen <laughs> and air conditioning. Yeah. You know, so that little Bondi shack, it's not gonna have a lot of the nice amenities, but yeah. it's still Bondi. It's still gonna grow and it's still gonna be an exceptional investment. And if you're gonna go buy a house and land, let's not um underappreciate that the growth really does come from land. Okay. So traditionally speaking houses have outperformed units, but it's by a percentage point or so. Yeah. Um I just wouldn't broadly put either of them as one better than the other. Yeah. It's horses for courses, whatever you need and whatever your circumstances are. Yeah. Um I think that there's some really good investments to be made brand new but also in the primary markets as well.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and you touched on this about professionals. So obviously if you're buying your first investment property uh, I think there is a need for a professional but not at the first investment property perhaps, but it really depends right I mean mm. uh, where, where do you see the professionals uh, play in this in this whole journey
0: well it's it's a scary topic to talk about in property mm. property consultants because you can go and get a license very quickly and call yourself a property consultant right and that consultant might not even own any property okay so let's just start with that. But if you can go and work with reputable companies and you're working with people that understand the industry, that have a decade experience, own millions of dollars of property themselves, I I would, I would dare say that that's a fair mentor. Yeah. That's a good yardstick and someone to talk to. Um, I would be, you have reason to be scared to go and buy your first property when you're by yourself, because if the only mentors you have are your mom and dad or your, uber driver or your mate from the barbecue or your tax accountant it's hard because they only know what they know and they haven't looked at the wider market they don't understand your deeper financial circumstances and they don't understand what your goals are and where you want to go going and getting advice can make you can push you leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else and if you screw up that first move it can actually send you backwards for years and years yeah um, if you go and buy in a great, a great area and you've got a good asset, you can actually build that, that capital growth, you can then use that capital, that equity, then go again and suddenly you're firing. But if you do the wrong move, you could be paying down this asset that hasn't grown, it hasn't done anything, it's untenanted, there's problems with the builder, and then you just got this mess. Yeah. So not to scare you. I bet it makes sense to go talk to professionals because if you go and cut your arm, you're probably gonna go and talk to your doctor. You're not gonna go fix your toilets yourself. You're gonna chat to a plumber.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and if you are choosing a professional, uh, let's say, you know, I, I got finance ready to go, but I'm, I, I want some help, right? Mm. If I'm talking to a professional, what are the things that I should be looking for in choosing someone good? Okay,
0: make sure they've got their license. Yeah. Um, ask them if they own property. Yeah. You know, you wanna know that they own property, what kind of property they own. Yeah. Um, what kind of professional? Uh, what, what kind of professional? Um, have they got a degree? Have they got a degree in finance? Have they been an accountant in the past? What kind of financial literacy does this person have? Yeah. Um, what kind of exposure to the property market do they have? Yeah. Is do they have a fundamental understanding? Ask the questions. You know, what kind of property do you have access to? Mm. Are they just selling one development because that's what they've been sold, told yep. to sell, or have they got access to a wider market? Yeah. Uh, and I'd say before going and talking to all these professionals, do a little bit of reading yourself. Do you trust this person? Sit down with them. Are they? Yeah. Does it feel like they genuinely have your best intent in heart, You know, yeah. your interests at heart? Um, and it doesn't hurt to go and read a couple of books yourself. Go and get out there. Listen to some podcasts. Listen to this kind of stuff because you can pick up all those tidbits that after watching you might say, hey, I like the way that guy spoke and I want to chat to him.
1: Yeah, and th- that's good. Um, finally... If, if you're investing today, if, if you're, if you have been pre-approved and let, let's assume that you do, um, which areas would you look for and why? Wow. On the spot. How much money have I got spend? <laughs> let's say, let's say you've got 800k to,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- there's a lot of good investment opportunities. I, I can't, I can't say that enough. Um, hmm. so I really like... There's a few catchment areas. Let me talk in catchment areas sure. rather than yeah, developments. That's good, yeah. I like the that sort of Parramatta LGA. I don't think the CBD itself is fantastic because they're really high-priced properties and there's, a, there's a quite a bit of density but I think you can get some really good stuff in the periphery around it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a good concentration of investment that's going in around at the hospital. Um, you know, the, the M4 just completed, but that's going to link up to the M5. Um, there's also, you know, talk of the new metro rail line going yeah. out there. There's a lot of investment. So investments in infrastructure, Plenty happening out there. I think it's a good um, solid investment strategy out that way. Yep. Um, I also think that for a longer-term play, Badger's Creek, That whole region, second airport, there's some good stuff you can do with potentially house and land. Yep. I think that um, Liverpool is a good option for if you're a bit more price sensitive. There's some good quality developments you can tack yourself onto. Some developers out there have done some really good stuff from the commercial front. Yeah, So it's really changing the face of that area. I think if you've got a little bit more money to spend, there's some really nice stuff you can get along that um, Bankstown corridor following that train line. The metro is coming in 2024, I think. Okay. So you can get some really nice stuff where you're looking at Sydney, Marrickville, Dulwich Hill. Those kind of areas are a great pocket of real estate where when that metro comes, it comes it's going to cut down travel times into the city. Yeah by 20, 30, 40, 50% in some instances. So that's an excellent play. Um, there's some excellent stuff you can go and get in Brisbane. You know, some really nice stuff. You can get some house and, house and land stuff in Brisbane. You got to be careful of what you're getting into. Make sure it's the right builder, the cash flow stack up, and you do have access to like good, strong employment hubs. Melbourne has some really nice pockets from affordability point of view. Yeah, uh, I, I really like some parts around Melbourne. You can buy in some boutique sites and some top quality developers where, a short stroll from the CBD, um, and you know the yield is there again as well. It's one of the highest uh, growing sort of population hubs as a lot of people move into Melbourne and to Brizzy. Yeah. Man, I could talk about this for an hour. No, it yeah, looked, you just loaded right. me with that. I got excited as if I started spending money when you were talking about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, wish you could all have, right? So yeah. I think, you know, that that pretty much covers everything that I wanted to cover. I think just just to highlight, there there's some great rates out there in the market right now. So I think um, Dominic alluded to before, in terms of finance, credit, there is, there's a degree of availability right now in the market, but there's a degree of um, banks being really tight with certain things as well, in particular with the expenses. So I think um, if, if you are looking for finance, I think you kind of you got to kind of start planning three months ahead and, and get into that phase of mentality of, I am trying to borrow money. You've you got to prepare three months well ahead uh, and get all your transaction history in order. Uh, but I think in terms of opportunities, I think this is this is a great opportunity right now. The market softened uh, a bit and then now it's coming back up. So there is some confidence coming through. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for anyone in the market to kind of jump on, especially if you have pre-approvals. I think, as you mentioned, there's good catchment areas in the west, uh, northwest areas uh, that, that people can really get into. Um, so, Cribs, uh, tell us two minutes spill on it. Two minutes? Yeah. Uh, Only two minutes. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think the easiest way to think about Cribs is we're really marrying people data with property data. We're all about understanding who our target market are, who the people are, what they want, what they desire, what their goals and ambitions are. We like to know our clients very intimately, but then we like to marry that with the property data. You know, what's going to happen in these different markets, given regions, know the developers in those different regions very, very intimately. We like to go and review developments, talk to the builder, talk to the architect. We feel like there's... um. We, we, we want to really lubricate that sales transaction we'll make it easier for people to find the right properties that match their circumstance and we want to make it easy for the developer to find their target market and their buyer yeah so we, we really want we really see ourselves as a modern day agent um you know we're coming forward and we think we're the most sophisticated tech angle for you know real estate
1: yeah, and look that's great because i think um if you look through all the experiences that our users have right so you know, buying a property is not something you do instantaneously. You, you have to kind of do all the like, legwork every Saturday, you know, pack up, go, look at different areas. And you only have a, a little window from, let's say, 10 o'clock to 12, 30 or 1 o'clock where you get to see certain properties and areas. So you guys are experts in those areas where you do a lot of the research, a lot of the talking to developers builders and you'll be able to uh, do all that legwork for the buyers and I guess in a way using technology is a plus side for everything that you do because all that data, all that insights historically will be a useful case for the buyers who's coming to you, right?
0: Absolutely. We've done it time and time again. We've collectively in our, in our company sold close to a billion dollars, if not more, bought yeah. and sold. Um, we worked on a number of different types of transactions. So there's there's not a lot of stuff that we haven't seen. Um Yeah, it's just about paying it forward, hey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So thanks, Dominic. Thanks for your time. Uh, Pleasure having you here. And obviously we'll we'll do another one uh, later on in a month's time or so. Cool. Awesome. Catch you, mate. Thank you.